Welcome to another episode of Signal Fire Radio, a show about ambitious leadership for ambitious leaders. Our guest today is Lisa Laith, president of Laith HR Group, and Gabrielle Plumet, marketing specialist with Laith HR Group. Got a great show coming up for you. Do not go anywhere. Welcome back to another episode of Signal Fire Radio, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Rob Renz, Marine Corps veteran, entrepreneur, and small business owner. I'm joined by one of my two very best friends in the whole wide world, because the other one's out doing an internship. How lame is that, man? Is he? I thought I don't it hasn't know. started yet. No, he's been so mum on the details with everything of what's going on in his life. It's a total special operator mode right now. Steel and sales. I know, but uh, but yeah, the the muscle hamster... Evan Anderson himself is, uh, I guess he started his skill bridge. Maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. We don't know. But he's out doing uh, what he really wants to do, which is sell software to people. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? I mean, God, if nothing says <laughs> you've made it unless you're selling software. I have ascended to the mountaintop, and I am selling software. No, but we have to embrace the fact how much he is so passionate. I know about wanting to do and it's so arbitrary it's it it frustrates me though because i planned his entire life out for him after military service and he's not here to defend himself but i really had a, a great life totally scheduled for him and he threw a wrench into his own plans <laughs> i don't know if i go that far I mean, but what are you gonna do i mean i'm enjoying the life that you've designed for me ron <laughs> Yeah, yours is kind of living out exactly as I planned it too, as well. Yeah. Should we take... make Should we make the official announcement? Yes. Yes, we yeah. should. Go ahead. The floor is yours, my good friend. So there's been a lot of dynamic movement here at Signal Fire, and I have resigned from the university. My last day will be the end of this month, um, and I will be the first. I guess I'll technically be the first full time permanent staff for Signal Fire Radio. Full time, yeah. Signal Fire Media Company. Yeah, yeah, full time, yeah. Because we have we have obviously Paige, the intern, who's been the intern for a couple months. The the intern. the intern, the only intern that we will ever hire ever again. Our future CMO. Well, and she's never leaving. That's why. No, I, we planned her life out for her too as well. Yeah. And then you know what else I'm pretty pumped about is uh, we hired um, a legit video editor who was on like NBC News for like 20 some odd years who's going to chop up our social media videos. Who and moonlights as a rock star. Who moonlights as a Literally. rock star. He does. His name is TK. He's playing down at Bald Head Island this week, which you were supposed to go to Bald Head Island. Yes. What are you going to do? Because that was going to be for your wedding anniversary. Well, hey, let's talk about that for okay. a second. All right. So um, for everybody that doesn't know, I'm originally from the West Coast. Well, Rob and I both. Well, actually, all three of us are. <laughs> Um, and all my family is in Southern California. Everybody except my brother and his wife, um, they live in Southern, central to Southern Orange County. Um, and I have, my mom has five sisters, uh, all but two of them live in Orange County. And needless to say, her youngest sister, um, who is my godmother, who I am very close with, um, her husband, my uncle Mike, uh, and has been for like 32 years, uh, fell ill suddenly a couple weeks ago and unfortunately passed. So I, you know, I did what a, a, a loving nephew does. And, and, you know, we, we rallied up the troops and I shot over to the West coast and just so happened to be on the same weekend as my 17th wedding anniversary, which we had planned to go. And I just, I, I should give a shout out to my uncle Mike. He, it was an amazing uh, celebration of his life. He spent most of his career uh, as like a youth pastor in the Catholic Church of, of like Orange County. And dude, there was over like 2,000 people at his wow. funeral mass. I mean, unreal. And then afterwards, we had like a day and a half of just insane celebration of life. And um, it, it was as sad as it was, it was more beautiful than it was sad um, because our personal beliefs is he is in heaven now. And who is to be sad about that when, you know, he's in right. heaven. Anyways, so we uh, had a Bald Head Island, bald head island trip yeah, planned with, right. with the girls. Uh, we were going to take the boat out there and spend the day. Anyways, had to postpone it because I was out uh, in Orange County 
And Thomas just happens to be out there jamming this weekend with his band at the Shoals. He does it every, I think, once a month. So we've got to we've got to do a Signal Fire sponsored thing where we go support TK, the video editor, because he does it at the what's that? Uh, the Shoals, the, the club. No, he does it at the club that's down there. Um, yeah, the Shoals. Is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. I am new here. <laughs> I I want to go. The I want to go to Bald Head Island, please, and play at the Shoals with my friends. Um. I, I didn't even think about that, dude. If it's something that he frequently does, he does. Yeah. Can we go to like the green room? Is there a green room for him? I'm sure. I'm sure. Can we be as roadies? president and vice president of Signal Fire Media the Company, the hosts of Signal Fire Radio, they would break out just the full spread of whatever your demands are for um, the green room. What would it be? You would want all red gummy bears. No, isn't that like a uh, Steven Tyler thing? I or? think no, I think it would. So Jenna, my wife, Jenna used to work for Nopi. You remember what Nopi was? The mm. when when guys were doing like tricked out Honda Civics and stuff. There was like that my soon to be WRX that I'm getting into. Congratulations! <laughs> but they would do these they would do these car shows with like you know it was like I, was she one of those models that was like no. very scandalously dressed and she's laid out on the hood? no you've no Jenna you know she's a classy lady you know she would never True. do that what she did was she was like wishful a, thinking she Sorry. was like a coordinator <laughs> for for stuff <laughs> so dumb so what is no is that an acronym I don't remember what it stands for I'll google it on the break and we'll is it come acrostic? back <laughs> it is it's not an acrostic it's not an acrostic but it's like this big car show thing and it, it, it developed around the time that like Fast and Furious was still cool, which by the way, Fast and the Furious Nine flopped in the box office. So I hate that franchise. We'll get on that later. Um, but yeah, she would do this thing, and, and Ludacris. You remember the rapper Ludacris? Luda. Yeah. yeah. So she was like his handler for. I a want day. a lady in a street, but a freaking to bed. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> sure. We're having way too much fun. I feel bad. Evan's not here. We're having fun because Evan's not here. Well, no, maybe. I, that's a joke. So I think his request was all red gummy bears or was all red M&Ms, like in his, in his celebrity trailer or something mm. like that. So Mine would probably be a combination of Jersey Mike's subs. Okay. Um, definitely some Taco Bell. Okay. Sushi. And uh, maybe a bottle of Jameson and uh, a case of LaCroix. Stop playing to the stereotype of an Irishman by saying I'd have a bottle of Jameson. That'll be the first question back from the break for Gabby and Lisa is if uh, you made it to the point where you have your own celebrity trailer, what is going to be your ridiculous demand? Oh, and Point Break always has to be a click away. So if I'm going to be in there Point for Break the movie or Point Break um, the wing delivery service here? Shout out to my boys, Point Both. Break. True. Ryan Trotter's my dude. He, they're opening up a restaurant, uh, a stop and shop restaurant here pretty soon. Just we'll please tell me that. that they're going to be infusing it with legit retro or vintage Point Break like memorabilia. Um, that is my hope and my prayer. Yes. And I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the show, but I have a limited edition um, piece of artwork from LA that is, I, I paid way too much money for, but it's basically, it's. Like it's like fluorescent colors, and yeah. it's a picture of um, Peaceway, who was Ronald Reagan, and he's got his mask on in the tuxedo, and it, you know it says in Point Break, <laughs> it was never about the money, and like it is my most cherished yeah. piece of artwork. It's, in it's the house. literally right as you walk in the front door. It and is. for those of you that don't know, Peaceway is Patrick Swayze, may God rest his soul, and Ronald Reagan was a former United States president, may God also rest his soul. We Who have the hell a, is listening that doesn't know that? We have a lot of young people, Matt, that would have no idea what Point Break is. You're right, you're right, you're who right. Patrick Swayze is and who Ronald Reagan is. Which well, is sad, but we're here to educate and inform. And I just entertain. found out who Machine Gun Kelly was like last week, and have you ever seen that kid? Pass. He looks like a freak. I don't even want to go into it. Pass. Hard, hard, hard pass. Yeah, it was blah. All right. But Patrick Swayze was the most beautiful man to ever walk this earth. Shy no, di Jesus. No, did. <laughs> Jesus first, Peaceway second. No disagreement from here at all. Um, one, we're going to dedicate this episode to Uncle Mike, if you're okay with that. Amen. Okay, we're going to dedicate it. And can I just Mike. say that even though he grew up in Philly, he moved to Orange County, I think uh, shortly after. Philadelphia. Yeah, he was a freaking crazy Eagles fan, Philly Flyers. Um, I don't know if he was much of a Phillies fan. What else am I missing? What else is in Philadelphia? Well, there's the Eagles, there's the Flyers, there's the Phillies. 
Yeah. Oh, um, Fighting Irish. Uh, he is hardcore. Notre Irish. Dame is nowhere near Philadelphia. I, and That's it's in a, South. It's nowhere Bend, near Indiana. Ireland. What the hell? It's. It, I've always thought that was bizarre. Okay. Literally, when I was a kid, I thought it was like somewhere in Ireland. <laughs> then I watched Rudy. I'm like, what the hell is this Midwest stuff? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but my. Uh, yeah, that's awesome, Uncle Michael McHenry. Okay, we've talked about nothing of substance up to this point. Perfect. There was opportunities. To, to, to move into a perfect segue to try to introduce our guest. But you and Lisa, you go back pretty far, right? Yeah, I mean... Far-ish? Yeah, I would say three, four years. Okay. Um, she, she's a... She's a, a life cycle of a small animal. Yeah, she's, yeah. A, she's a power hitter in the greater Wilmington uh, business community. Big time. Obviously, entrepreneur, business owner, um, and pretty much everything I think she touches turns to gold. So. I think we have some cool things that we're going to discuss with her that are going to be really relevant to our audience because we get regularly emails from people who are getting out of the military that are like, hey, um, what should I look for in a company? <laughs> I don't know what I want to do with my life. Every single person that was in the military that we've had on here as a guest has said, I, I didn't know what I want to do when I grow up. And I think maybe talking to an HR executive and professional like Lisa will kind of maybe help people sort of guide their way through the challenges of getting out of the military and deciding what to do next. But more importantly, Lisa invented TikTok. She, did she really? The TikTok. <laughs> I forgot to mute her mic, but that's okay. We can hear her laughing. We're still going to talk to her about it. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Work talk. Work talk. Work talk. I thought there was a disconnect there. I was like, wait, hold on. Um, we're going to take a break in about 45 seconds here, but I do need to tell you, and I wanted Evan to be here when I told you this, but we started a fake TikTok account for you, and we just- For me? It. Yeah, for you. I mean, I, mean I, I literally, I know that you can make short videos, and I watch my 13-year-old daughter, Ryan, as beautiful as she is, doing this like, yeah. she's spasming, and she, her upper extremities are just like wrapping around <laughs> her head. What is with the TikTok videos? They are very like herky and jerky, like- it's like the Cabbage Patch met a Pop and Lock met a Stanky Leg. I don't know. It's like all these things. Don't be hating stuff. the Pop and Lock. That Look. was like that was late '90s. Like clutch. I had no problem with the Pop and Lock. But um, but yeah, we started a fake TikTok account for you, and we take secret videos of you while you dance, and we post them on TikTok. I know. I'm very appreciative of those videos. I will put I will put the link to Matt's fake TikTok account <laughs> in the show notes of this podcast. But we are going to take a very, very quick break. When we come back, we're going to be with Lisa Lath and Gabby Plumet, not to be confused with Gabrielle Plumez, who's a completely different person, right here on Signal Fire Radio. Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio. We are joined by two extremely, extremely awesome people, and I'm so excited to talk to them. Lisa Lath, El Presidente of Lathe HR Group and so much more. Lisa, how are you today? I'm doing good, thank you. Good, good. And you uh, said something that I think is so relevant when you walked in here. You said, I'm, I don't wanna talk about me. I don't wanna do all the heavy lifting today. So you brought somebody on your team, Gabby. And so is that all you're gonna say is you're gonna say hello and then let Gabby kind of do the rest of the work, Lisa? Absolutely, Gabby, okay. you're in charge. All good. right. Awesome. Hey, you just got a promotion. <laughs> How you feeling about that? Feeling pretty good. Feeling great. <laughs> Excited want, to be here. I want in. That was a quick promotion. I know. I, like, I have to tell my partner. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to draft Surprise. some a new operating agreement and all sorts of crazy good stuff, right? Yeah, it's not official until she signs the <laughs> offer letter. So, Lisa, um, for our guests at home that are not familiar with your work, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself and let people know who you are and how you got here? Sure. Uh, so my name's Lisa Leith, and uh, I live here in Wilmington, North Carolina, and have for the last 13 years, but I got here uh, by way of New York City, and before that, just like Uncle Mike, I'm from Pennsylvania, grew up in State College, proud Penn Stater. Uh, most of my relatives live in Philadelphia, and for some unknown reason, love the fighting Irish. It's all really? these Catholic folks in Philadelphia. They love Notre Dame. Um, Boy, and you, I mean, being from that area, you got to love boys to men, right? Mozart, oh yeah, <laughs> Northside. Do you have Gab to? Gabby's be... like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Gabby, you knew who Patrick Swayze was, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, I know boys to men. Is it can't stand the rain? Right? No. I can't. No. Wait, what? I don't know. We're gonna. No. I'm googling okay. it. <laughs> okay, Google it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what that is Missy Elliott. So what does that have to do with Patrick Swayze? <laughs> 
it's important for us to note that both of these ladies are blonde. Oh, so. my God. What does that have to do with anything? Oh, and you're blonde, too. I'm, I'm the odd blonde. one out. Yeah. You are the odd one out. I, am. I'm I was going to say, I pay out. a lot of money for this blonde. <laughs> so. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, it looks natural. Well, thank you. No, but what did you just say, Gabby? Can't Stand the Rain by Boys to Men, right? Oh, no? I was on we the Peaceway train. Oh. I, I thought you were trying to quote like Dirty Dancing or something. I was Gabby, like, don't worry. Matt is regularly confused by very, <laughs> very simple conversations in linear God. timelines. Hashtag OGNT. OGNT. Old guy not tracking. I'm sorry, Lisa. You, you were sharing before Matthew so rudely interrupted. Please continue. I love being rudely interrupted. <laughs> I also love rudely interrupting others. Um, yeah, so I, I'm a I'm a career HR person, uh, which means that a lot of times we have to deal with tough conversations. But a lot of the work that I do for the last four years running an HR consulting firm um, is fun work and just making sure that companies are prepared to uh, go out and find the best talent that's good for them, put the right butts in the right seats at the right time. And then once you get them, um, that's only half the battle. You got to actually take care of folks when they're at your company and be talking to them regularly, finding out what it is they want out of their career and their life with you. And cause it's way, it's just so expensive to go out and find somebody new and retrain them. Uh, so from a business standpoint, it really makes a lot of sense to spend the majority of your time caring for and, um, tracking with conversations with your employees. Can, can you dispel a myth for me? I'll try. Okay. Um, because I know that you know this is true. As soon as I'm going to say it, you're going to say, yes, this happens every time. But anytime you walk into a room, maybe before you owned your own company, if you were with corporations, was everybody like, oh, HR is here. Stop talking. I have been battling this like awful stigma of HR being like the policy police my whole life. And it's actually sort of like a little internal challenge that I have for myself is to I'm like always on a mission to like prove that I I can I'm like a fun HR person. And I hope it doesn't come across as like this totally insincere, unauthentic thing. I really um, make it my mission in life to kind of play both sides of the fields and be diplomatic on behalf of the company and the employees. I find that, you know, being a good listener to both sides, I end up being able to facilitate, facilitate really good conversations for both the employees and the companies well, by I, I always, talking and listening. Yeah. I, I always thought like the HR people are the coolest people that we ever partied with when I was with corporations and they always just, cause got, I knew how to push the limit, but not cross. They it. never got fired though. I'd see salespeople drop <laughs> well, of course like not. flies from the company Christmas party, but the HR people were right there. Just like egging them on. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe one more shot at tequila. Is a Trust me. I know when the urinalysis comes out, we got six months. You're fine. <laughs> oh yeah. We know if the limit is really zero tolerance or if it's actually 0.04. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh my, very well. So in a way, are you like a hybrid of like, um, like a headhunter, talent acquisition, and then like professional development, kind of maybe. Yeah, we. Uh, so where I spend most of my time is um, coaching companies and managers on how to run good recruiting processes. Like, what questions should you be asking that are specific for hiring the right person in this role for your company? Because you can't just go out there and Google or go on Indeed or Glassdoor and like, what are so top five interview questions? That's just straight up lame. Um, so actually thinking about what is the culture, is the culture that you have defined on your website, the actual culture, what are good behaviors that you're looking for out of an employee, what are bad behaviors you'd never want to see ever again because you learned that recently with somebody you just fired. Um, so try to like really hone in on what the company needs and then how to kind of create fun um, job descriptions and recruiting practices and really get an employer's brand out there so that they find the right people and detract the wrong people. So you're not actually doing like the legwork. You're teaching them how to do it. We teach them and then we do the legwork too. Depends how much you want to pay us. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And then once we're in there, you know, um, uh, and I think, uh, I'd love to talk about this a little bit with you guys and just see like how your audience, um, has either asked you questions about this or not, but, but we need to spend a lot of time with our clients talking about onboarding mm. and getting prepared for new hires to make sure that they feel like we're somewhat ready or somewhat have our act together when they show up. And it's not just like, okay, the boot camp or day one was really good, but once I relinquish you to your manager, they don't have a plan and okay, just like go troll around the shared files and read our website until we figure out what the heck to do with you. Um, like actually setting a good 
you know, one week, 30 day, 90 day kind of plan um, with some just baseline expectations for folks, I think is extremely important work that we're doing with clients. I, I have such a relevant story and I want your take on this. If this was a good onboarding experience or a bad on, onboarding experience. So I joined the Marines <clears throat> October 7th, 2003, and you, you use the term boot camp. Our boot camp, there's no better training program in the entire world, in my opinion, than the boot camp to be a United States Marine. Three months long, you learn how to you know, do close order drill with 70 other people, 70 people operating as if they're one beating heart and moving body. And then after that, you either go to Marine combat training or school of infantry. And then after that, you go to learn your specialty. My military occupation specialty, MOS, was I was a mortuary affairs specialist. So I go to Dover, Delaware, learn how to do all that Beautiful. stuff. Dover. Dover's nice, but when I... I'm just kidding. I've never even been to Delaware. So after you do all this, it's what, Matt? Like total time, like nine months worth of training? Yeah, depending on what you're doing. You yeah. get you get to your first unit, and that's when you get to start finally doing the job. You check in, you go to all your different shops, your admin shop, your supply shop, all this, and then... You are the piss on. And then you, you are the FNG, right? Well, so um, the person who I was supposed to report to the day that I checked in, he wasn't there. And we're in this big battalion building. You're in alphas? <laughs> huh? Were you in alphas? I was in alphas. Service alphas are like the old school, olive drab, sports coat, khaki tie, bus driver looking uniform. Yeah. <laughs> bus driver uniform. So I, I don't know who to talk to. And there's nobody there to say, hey, come with me. This is your job. So I'm literally pacing up and down the halls for about four or five hours until this very old salty corporal stops me. His name is Stephen Frazier, still a very good friend to this day. And he said, hey, man, if you keep walking up and down these halls looking like this, somebody's going to give you something to do. And he handed me he handed me an empty manila folder and said, carry this because people will think you're going somewhere with it. And that was literally my onboarding experience, my day one onboarding experience when I checked in to Mortuary Affairs for the first time. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen anything <clears throat> like that in the private sector? I have personally experienced that. Um, and I'm going to preface this story with um, saying I, I will forever bleed Corning Blue. Corning is a great company that I worked for for eight years. I love, love, love them. But my first day with them, I moved here, moved my life from Manhattan. Um, I was working in this swanky boutique law firm. I, we, I mean, I could look out at my office, looked over Central Park. We were like popping bottles of champagne when we'd win a law case and stuff like that. <clears throat> and I moved for my dream job down here in Wilmington to negotiate with the steelworkers. And the first day that I got there, it was kind of similar. It was like, here's your cubicle. It smells like smoke from the 1960s. <laughs> Um, we don't really know what to do with you. We kind of forgot you were showing up today and you're going to get onboarding kind of boot camp in six weeks. And I'm like, huh, okay. It's going to begin in six weeks. It's going to begin in six weeks. So like you got to figure out kind of what to do on your own. So you're like, oh, the, the South is turning out to be everything you think it is. It's <laughs> like, nobody's got it together. Everything mm -hmm. takes forever. Nobody like even offered to like take me out to lunch or something. I was like living in the days in on market street. <laughs> Which I later found out was not a good place to be by myself. Um, but yeah, and I literally, I'm not exactly like a soft person. And I cried when I went out to my car during lunch. I was like, what did I do? I had the I best gig you. ever. I, thought, uh, I had a similar experience when I moved from California and got stationed out here in Camp Lejeune. Very, very similar. I was just like crying like... They sent me to hell. <laughs> <laughs> There's trailers everywhere. It's hot. It's humid. There's trailers everywhere in California, too. But there's tropical mm. plants around the trailers. Well, not around where I was from. Well, yeah, because you're upper crust Orange County. Orange County. Matt's no, 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 no. I did not grow up in Orange County. I grew up in South Bay and then went to high school up in Sacramento. Casa Robles. Lived Matt's, in Citrus Heights. Matt's family is members at the Stag's Leap Winery. So do not, <laughs> do not let... Him. Cake, cake bread, bro. Cake bread sellers. Come bread on. cake. Cake bread. I'm sorry, Lisa. You cried in That's a day's in. No. Please continue. <laughs> we caught her in an emotional moment. We wanted to let you take a breath. I almost started crying. <laughs> um, no, but I've experienced it myself, and I see it all the time, and it's not like it's not really an intentional kind of you know, diss on the person who's joining the organization. It's just that life is busy. Um, business leaders are busy and we just need to be intentional in all aspects of going out and finding people and then onboarding them and then keeping them. And so 
uh, it's just nobody's kind of herding the cats. So that's basically what we it's, do. Is it's, a self, the cats. it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, though, right? Like you hire somebody because you don't have the capacity to do all the work, and then the person who hires the person who's supposed to take some of the workload off doesn't have the capacity to train and onboard the person appropriately. So that person leaves, and then the person who hired the person who was supposed to take the workload off that other person goes back to doing just as much work, right? Yeah, I mean, so you got to like, maybe as a manager put in a couple of extra hours to just get ready for the person and um yeah i mean it's as simple as just put a checklist together some basic broad thoughts on what you want that person to do and give them all the passwords right gabby <laughs> is there is it did we forget to get gabby a login information when she started with no you i something? literally gave her like 100 passwords <laughs> yeah, I and i was like i trust you with my life go for it <laughs> So what would be the top five things if I'm a new person starting and you're my manager, Lisa, like what are the what are the best things that you can do as the hiring manager on my first day? Uh, number one, have your computer there, uh, have a computer ready to go because we're doing all our work on our computers. If you, they need a work phone or access to stuff, just like have the basic functionality of technology ready to go for the new person. Um, it's always nice if you've got a little bit of swag, if you can throw a Signal Fire Media t-shirt out there on the desk. Or, what a plug. <laughs> or those sweet Leith HR group uh, sunglasses, um, you know, any stickers, just get the swag ready and have it at the computer. Um, have have your team aware, maybe, have that your somebody's team coming. aware, <laughs> and that would include, like, hey, y'all want to go to lunch? Even if you don't have some big budget or something, you can pull people aside and be like, look, I'm going to pay for the new girl's lunch, but I can't get yours. Do you still want to come? <laughs> um, no, but those but are conversations like, you have to have. You just need to be like, but get a team together for lunch or take this person out to lunch or dinner or meet up with them that first week for drinks or, I don't know, coffee. Um and then have a plan. I mean, it all gets down to, it's funny because we're talking about vets. Um, but I, over the years, I mean, for the last 20 years that I've been doing this, it's like people say, companies say they're veteran friendly. But I heard this concept of you might be veteran friendly, but you're not veteran ready. And that really resonated with me because as I worked with veteran ready companies, they had a very good plan when the person walked in the door. Um, and it included talking about mission, vision, values with the owner, like the person who was there talking about culture, talking about these are my, here's your job description. These are my baseline expectations. Um, here's my plan for you for the first 30, 60, 90. Here's my expectations on when we're going to communicate with one another. Here's all the email distribution lists I need you on. Here's the industry newsletters you should sign up for. Um, so having that idea that they were going to get an opportunity to master a task and have some level of autonomy and serve a greater purpose in uh, the sense of the organization and understand how their job fits into the greater organization, that's veteran ready. And also because you guys expect that you've been there, you've had the best boot camp, you've had the best training. And so anything else just seems awful. Um, so if you can get close to kind of following a rubric that mimics this great military training um that's how you be veteran ready but also that is transferable to everyone else that applies for a job and comes on board with your company just get ready get veteran ready just get ready and that, that's good for everybody that is such a fantastic segue because we talked about it uh ahead of the show <clears throat> the statistics before I before I share them again, and my audience will be like, "Gosh, Rob, you said it a million times." It, <laughs> do you do you as an HR professional have a specific statistic about um, uh, team members that are properly onboarded versus improperly onboarded? Like, what's the stick rate for somebody who would get the Lathe Group uh, complete full onboarding versus somebody who's like, "Here you go, here's the yellow pages. Start calling some leads." Um, so I'm constantly looking at different statistics related to onboarding and employee engagement and what you get out of people from a discretionary effort and work performance standpoint. But, um, you know, I think it's something like Gallup just reported like 60% of people are disengaged or looking for a new job right now. It's something like that. I don't know. You could Google it right now. I probably could Google it, but, um, but most turnover happens in the first six months. And I've, I just had this conversation with two clients this week. Um, 
because several of them lost folks in the first couple of weeks and first couple of months. And it really came down to um, the person was sitting around twiddling their thumbs for a little while, and they hired them because they were really top talent, go-getter, ambitious, self-starter, and then they come in, there's no work for them to do. Um, so is it, is it like a time thing? Like they, they pull the trigger because they don't want to lose this opportunity to, to hire that person, but they're not ready at the same time? Yeah, and they need the person, but to Rob's point before, it's that self-fulfilling prophecy where they hadn't gotten prepared and set aside an extra 10 hours just to sit down and dedicate the time and put a plan pen to paper, you know? So um, is, that, is that what the planning stage takes, in your opinion, 10 hours worth of planning to before the person even walks in on the front door? I think so. I think that's a good kind of gut um, rule of thumb is to, you know, because you can't do it all yourself. You have to rely on other subject matter experts, whether they have to meet with the safety person or they have to meet with the IT support person. They have to meet with the accounting person to learn how to file expense reports or, you know, send their invoices. I mean, so by the time you talk to every one of those people about, hey, this is Lisa and she's going to be doing XYZ and here's how you're going to interact with her and I'm going to put it on your calendar. By the time you do all that coordinating, it's probably 10 hours. Mm. How long did you spend? prepping for Gabby. We talked about Gabby for a long time. Um, and Gab- the great part about Gabby was she started as an intern with us, um, much like your intern. Paige. Paige Get them all the vulnerable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm just over here planning Gabby's life for her. Uh, <laughs> poor, pa- poor Paige is listening to this episode. We'll listen to this episode and be like, Rob, Matt, and Evan did not onboard me at, at all. all. <laughs> that girl hit the ground running. The but ground she's a Marine. I know. That's what you expect out of her. I know. I know. But I f- everything everything Lisa's saying is making me feel so bad and, and revealing don't, all of my shortcomings in business. <laughs> do, you can't feel bad. And honestly, I don't, per, you know, it, sometimes I have to remind myself to take my own advice because it's very easy to, because all I have done for the last, you know, 16 or so years is like tell other people what to do and what the right way to do and what the research says it's going to, it's going to produce good outcomes for you. Um, and so now that I'm running two businesses, it's like, I am constantly having to remind myself and Gabby listens to all my webinars that I do and stuff. And it's, she's probably like, mm-hmm, yeah, okay. Look in the mirror lady. <laughs> um, but I, I do try to be just self-aware and I think, I think as a leader, that's something that you just always need to be thinking about on a daily basis is just how can I be more self-aware and how can I understand like how I'm impacting this person with my words or my body language or my, uh, I'm always running late. So apologies, Gabby. I'm looking in the (laughs) eyes right now and saying, I'm sorry. Um, This is 50% intervention, (laughs) 50% value for the rest of the business world. Yeah, we're not even recording this. (laughs) (laughs) This is for Gabby. Yeah, Gabby called ahead and was like, hey, I need some help. With Lisa, can we can we do a fake podcast? Lisa, we actually brought in your husband. For some <laughs> oh my god, he w- he w- <laughs> he would love it, honestly. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, we got about a minute and a half left on on this segment, and then we're going to talk about work talk um, on the other half of the break. But uh, so, sixty seven percent of veterans will leave their first job within the first two years after transitioning from the service. The exit interviews all say they express overall dissatisfaction. My personal opinion is because there's no alignment of their work with the mission and vision of the company. There's probably an awful onboarding. They get handed a manila envelope and say, here, kid, walk (laughs) up and down the halls with this. Um, Culture could be an issue. Um, Like, help us unpack that from your professional opinion. Like, you know, you shared the 60% of people are already looking for another job. That kind of fits in with, with what we're looking at, too, with the veteran hiring and retention issue too as well so my first reaction to that is to say um you know the interview process is a two-way um opportunity for the company to vet you but for you to also ask some really good questions you don't have to take that job there's a million other jobs out there um and you're valuable as a veteran you come with all this great experience skills worldliness about you and so what I would say is ask good questions about, hey, how does this job fit into the broader department and then the organization? How am I going to make an impact on the company's mission? Um, also, who is my boss going to be? What are they like? What's their communication style? Can I meet them? Are you my? Are you going to be my boss? Okay, am I vibing with you? And think about it. You know, maybe even ask, hey, is it okay if we just like meet up for a coffee? See how your boss treats, just like they're taking you out to lunch to see how you treat a server. See how they treat the server. Um, you know, ask about what are the onboarding plans and how are you going to train me to do this job? 
am I, are you, am I going to get regular feedback from you? Are we going to touch base, you know, weekly, monthly, never, do I have to ask you if I'm doing a good job? Are you going to tell me? So, um, use the interview process to your advantage and vetting the company as much as they're vetting you. Yeah. That's gotta be a telltale sign, um, of a bad managers. If you're never getting feedback from them, like, Hey, how am I doing now? A lot of people, I think everybody wants that feedback from their manager, at least all the people that I've worked with, they want to know that they're doing a good job. If you have to forcibly ask like the person that you report to, Hey, how am I doing here? Is that like a sign that you're not, that the leader's bad or that you're in the wrong spot? Like what is the diagnosis there? Uh, I, I honestly think my professional opinion, just being around uh, thousands of managers over my time in HR is that generally speaking, most managers were promoted because they were good technically, um, technical experts, and they're not people managers. And they think that the only way to make more money is to become a manager. And so they take the role, but they really don't know how to do the role. And they were never kind of coached by anybody on how to be a good manager, be empathetic, be self-aware, ask the right questions. And so a lot of managers don't, you know, when you open up the floor for um, to give feedback, uh, uh, number one, that can be awkward because you don't know how to give constructive feedback and you might like be a dysfunctional, give some dysfunctional delivery. Um, or you are worried that you're going to get some feedback in return that you don't want to hear. And a lot of people are very uncomfortable with that. So um, most managers don't open the floor for feedback and because they don't want to give it and they don't want to get it. And, um, it's not, it's just human nature. And that's kind of why we developed work talk. Is the statement true that people stay because their manager or leave because their manager? I would say so. Would you Gabby? Oh, de- most definitely. Yeah. And she's definitely going to say it as she looks at Lisa right now. Really. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> that's why I'm leaving. Yes. <laughs> yes or no. Yes or no. Awesome. All right. Um, perfect segue to work talk. We're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we're going to find out what is on Gabby and Lisa's list of must haves in their luxury RV. And then we're also going to talk about the uh, technology app that's going to be sweeping the HR world uh, called work talk. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back on signal fire radio. Welcome back to Signal Fire Radio. This episode that you are listening to is dedicated to the memory of Mike McHenry. Matt, you want to say 30 seconds of quick words for your uncle? We're, the Orange County listenership is going to go through the roof well, on this it, one. It has been, but it's going to go ex- exponential. Um, my favorite memory of Uncle Mike was in 1989. We were in my cousin's driveway in beautiful Lake Forest, California. Ooh. He and my dad were... Had, had some libations, and it's probably 10 o'clock at night. They take an empty beer can with a bottle rocket that they brought from Tijuana. They light it. And this is in a pretty yuppie OC neighborhood. And they're all, like, kind of all over the place. And I'm just standing there being nine years old, loving it. And, man, wouldn't you know it? They light it, and right before it ignites, the can falls over. And the rocket shot across the street <laughs> and exploded on impact in my cousin's neighbor's uh, garage door. One of the best memories of my life. Did so. it? What was what was Dilly Dilly doing at the? They time? sprinted into the backyard. Really? They bailed. They're <laughs> oh, like, they we're totally, out of here. Totally. Uh, totally. Good total, total Dylan and Mike move. All right, we are having a fantastic conversation with Lisa Lath and Gabby Plume. Gabby, we'll start with you. You've made it. You're in the luxury RV. The the Chateau Marmont in Los Angeles is preparing for your arrival. What is on your list of demands? First. Okay. Blueberry waffles. Okay, like handmade blueberry handmade, no, like or nothing ego. We could no ego. I I'm <laughs> down with the ego. I am definitely down with the ego. Um, definitely blueberry waffles. I'll even make them myself. Like, give me the mix. We're good. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You go, would do go, if you go, go if, on. If you've made <laughs> first. it, if you've made it, I'm not making my own waffles. I can promise you. I yeah. want I want a, a stack of waffles sitting right there. I'm not wiping my butt if I've made it. <laughs> I'm not brushing my teeth. I'm like, somebody's going to do that. <laughs> There's for me. limits, Matthew. There's I'm just going to move into a skilled nursing home and just like live my life. <laughs> you're fully... Have them wipe your butt with Eggo waffles. <laughs> you're, you're fully functional, but you're going to live in assisted living memory care home just because because you can. Is that what? I, is that my understanding? As long as it's at the villages. Okay. Nothing's better oh, than the, the villages. villages. Oh. Awful, awful place. Uh, what, what else, Gabby? Anything else? Um, I would definitely prefer like to have a draft beer of um, Tropical Lightning. Okay. Know, shout out Wilmington. Yeah. yeah. You know, Gabby, maybe you can help us with this because we've been looking for a beer sponsor for this show mm. that can mm-hmm. set up a little kegerator right there for us and we would shout them out every single show. We would say, hey, go drink blah, blah, blah beer. 
But so far, nobody has been receptive to our cries that we want them to provide free beer for us that we just talk about. <laughs> right. Okay, I'll see what I can do as okay. long as I can be included on the free beer. 100%. I'm okay. going to make a key okay. for you just to come down here and get it <laughs> whenever you need it. Deal. Beer and waffles sounds like a hell of a good combination. Yeah. yeah. Would you... Would you Put syrup on the blueberry waffles because some people think the blueberry is sweet and tart enough that you don't need the syrup. I don't disrespect blueberry waffles like that. Okay, mm -hmm. but butter for sure. Um, I'm more of a plain Jane. Really? Like, gotta really absorb the flavors. No butter. The blueberry. Okay. Mm, no. Maybe right. peanut butter. I know that's a little weird, yeah. but there's something about the texture on the waffle. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it tomorrow, and I'll get back to you, dude. I'll, I'll, I'm not a big fan of eating waffles or pancakes but mm -hmm. dude slap some butter on it and put a ton of peanut butter and then just like roll it up and i think i started doing that at boot camp really because it was solid and you could just do it really fast yeah so i have an affinity for what well you hollywood said. marines did get all the you know delectable uh mm -hmm. breakfast pastry treats i was over here eating crawfish <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever also, they pull out of the sea there at beaufort south carolina we also had a thing called mountains too yes you did have. did not have the oh we had mountains <laughs> lisa what about you what's your demand i probably would just demand a lot of tito's other than that i'd be hanging Dude. out with um gabby with her waffles and her tropical lightning the only thing that you want upon arrival is a handle of tito's just Spiked tito's in. i love it an ice? Tito's is a tea, <laughs> yeah. No, just drink it straight from the bottle, right? But make sure that they remove that little plastic thing on the mm -hmm. inside. Yes, the, it's got to pour heavy. You need a you need a full delivery system of Tito's. I agree. When Lisa arrives. Yeah. Now, um, have you been consuming a decent amount of Tito's because you decided you wanted to get into the app uh, tech creation business? I've been consuming a lot of Tito's. <laughs> A lot of wine, a lot of tropical lightning. <laughs> so tell, so tell everybody what Work Talk is, and then, and then tell us a little bit about like why you thought that was needed, and how you went about delivering it to the market. Yeah, um, I'll I'll let G Gabby round it out. But um, about a year and a half ago, a partner uh, who's an app developer, a software developer, and I got together and we're kind of bouncing some ideas around. Um, about the fact that I was working with several clients that were losing people on their staff because they had no relationship with them. And so people were just turning in their resignation and it was a surprise and it was happening often and it was costing them a lot of money. Um, and so they wanted to fix that. And at the root cause for me was that they simply were not talking to their employees enough um, and asking for feedback and giving feedback. And so we said, hey, there's an app to fill the gap, basically, and that's WorkTalk. It's an employee communications app for teams on the go. And um, Gabby, we had met Gabby um, through one of our beta testers at UNCW CIE, and she was on that team. And so Gabby's got a unique perspective as a user on the functionality and the usefulness of like the problem that it actually solves. Go ahead, Gabby. Yeah, definitely. And I, I really, it resonated with me just because past jobs, you know, I've had those managers that, hey, let's do a check-in this month, but we never get into it. And you find those problems and those issues, you're getting ahead of the, the issue before, you know, you're done. Um, and I've quit jobs because I didn't have that relationship with the manager. So it was pretty cool to see. And and on the uh, on the other side of things, like the supervisors seeing the responses and saying, oh, great, great job this week. Like, yeah, that is a big win. Um, great job. And noticing it weekly, biweekly, monthly, um, it's still that relationship that grows within um, a company or business. So. So, uh, so Lisa plucked you out of CIE? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> So you, Sorry, Diane. <laughs> so, the, so the idea was um, to create streamlined communication between manager and employee. Did you, Lisa, find that this, that this became um, with the rise of virtual management? Like, did the, did the pandemic apply more market pressure that WorkTalk solved the need for? Or was this happening in your brain long before that? Yeah, it was happening in our brain long before. Um, that's the interesting part for me, working in corporate America and then running small business um, with other small and mid-sized businesses. Um, I never really had a clue on what it kind of took to get an app started. Uh, if I hadn't met Wayne, who was a client of mine through the HR consulting firm, I never would have even had an opportunity to pursue this. Um, it's expensive. Uh, it takes like multiple reps over the course of 
a year or more, um, putting in a lot of time, effort, sweat, equity, money, a lot of money. Um, <laughs> a lot of money. A lot of money. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're on version nine finally, and we've got a stable app. But I mean, it took a lot. It took a long time, and it took a lot of frustration and feedback from our beta users and um, and just reps. You know, so if you're willing to put in the reps, you can do it too. Um, and and so we're still trying to basically prove viability and get subscribers here. But so far. Um, as far as COVID goes, yeah, it was an idea long before COVID, but COVID has certainly exacerbated the gap between employees and supervisors as we decentralize and 50% of the workforce is remote and will remain remote. Um, so yeah, there's a need to, you know, not just like get on a zoom and talk about daily fires and projects and like, what are you working on? Okay, get back to this and here's your priorities. It's like the human connection and trying to identify concerns during COVID, there's a lot of kind of, you know, post-traumatic pandemic going on. And last month was mental health awareness. And there's just a lot happening in people's lives, financial stresses as a result of COVID and um, emotional burdens from trying to, you know, work a full-time job and a dual career household with kids that are needing to, a little bit of help with virtual learning and stuff. There's there's mental health issues that stem from COVID that managers have an obligation to try to solve. Um, otherwise, you're going to lose your folks. They're going to just either there could be substance abuse problems or, I mean, they're going to quit their job. I mean, it could lead to a multitude of kind of situations you're going to end up dealing with as a manager of people because people are people and they're human and they have issues. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, um, and I feel that I am a very ineffective virtual leader. Um, and I wonder if other people have the honesty to say that. I, I thrive on like this face-to-face -face human connection, and I don't know that I can clearly articulate um, goals, objectives, hold people accountable if with a remote workforce. Is Am I unusual in that, or is that more the norm based off of what you've kind of seen out there? What would you say? <clears throat> I, I would, I would agree. Um, I'm very similar. I like the human like interaction. Um, yeah. I, I think Matt's a perfect case study for it, dude, because you were on zoom calls for like five, six, seven hours at a time, not collectively through the day, one call. How is anybody supposed to accomplish anything like that? <laughs> Matt? He didn't accomplish anything. I he, mean, you're, <laughs> you're sitting there, mouth breathing, staring at a computer monitor, and and for somebody like me, just like Gabby and, and, and Rob, I, I am 100% an extrovert. <clears throat> I feel like the job that I'm resigning, I thrived at it, and I loved it until the pandemic and until we were told to stay at home and you know wear 50 masks. And I was just like, yeah, no, I, I, I went from loving it to hating it. And um, by the way, flying back to California for three days for Uncle Mike's funeral, having living in a state that they took away the mask requirement and all of a sudden you land and everybody's walk, like outside with masks. I, I was just like, I was like, get me the hell back to North Carolina. <laughs> so we, we've got about two and a half, three minutes left. How does Work Talk address that uh, virtual leadership challenges? Because I know I'm not the only one. Well, it's pretty simple. Um, it's an app that functions on Apple or Android devices. I mean, you could download it today and start a free 30-day trial. But basically, you get in and you set up a talk, which is basically a survey that gets pushed out. At, you know, you would set it and forget it. Um, set it to be recurring daily, weekly, monthly. Send out three simple surveys. Heck, send out one question. Um, how are you feeling? Happy face, medium face, frowny face, okay? If you ask your people one thing... You could literally get set up and, and um, pushing out talks with WorkTalk in under five minutes if you subscribe right now. But we're getting in front of these problems because we're simply asking the question. We're not, as a manager who maybe inadvertently is putting your head in the sand and not reaching out to your folks, um, WorkTalk allows you to set it, forget it, make sure you're asking the questions with some regularity, some cadence, some frequency that people can rely on and count on to give you their feedback. And you don't have to worry about remembering to keep it on the calendar. It just pushes it out via push notification to your folks. So they get a push notification. You get one back when they respond. You, you literally can set it and forget it. And you get reminded by your phone to respond every single day until you do respond. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely, for people who are busy and forget to keep the check-ins on their calendar, they cancel and then never reschedule, or they just simply never made employee check-ins a priority. Um, you know, first thing first, I don't care if you subscribe to WorkTalk or not, but if you have people that are reporting to you, you need to talk to them more. Think about how often you are talking to your folks individually about how they're doing, not just with work, but like in their personal lives. And you know, are you being an active listener? Are you helping to like solution and problem solve? And do they see you as an empathetic person they can trust because they will stick around if they do trust you? Gabby, as as one of the beta users, how did how did it make you feel like using the app? Oh, so I thought that it was great. It was cool to have that relationship with Lisa of, oh, hey, um, this, this is working. This isn't working. Um, but also in the beginning, like uh, my manager, she would push the talks out, we'd get the reminder, and it would actually, like, make me think, like, oh, what did I do this week? Like, how am I feeling, you know? Um, and if there was a problem, I would let her know just because some some of those tough conversations, you, you might not go up to your supervisor, but behind a screen, you know, I, it was so much easier to kind of express that, and she would pull me aside and say, you know, what's going on? Let's check in. And um, so I, that's really, I bought into it early, even as a beta user, so... That's that's going to be a whole other episode right there. Why people feel like uh, it's you know more empowered to to answer on social media. I'll say stuff on social media to people that I would never say in my entire life. Like, and it's not, I never say anything bad. I always put out positive vibes and stuff like that. But I, all of a sudden, I just find myself like writing a soliloquy to some folks, like. I don't know, trying to solve the world's problems and issues on social media. I have no idea. That's a whole different episode altogether. Gabby, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how should they go about doing it? You can email us at contact at worktalk.com um, or you can email me directly at gabrielle at leafhrgroup.com. That is future CMO material right there, Lisa. How about, how about you? If somebody wants to get in touch with you, what, what should they do? Uh, phone number is 910-795-4712. Lisa at leath, L-E-A-T-H-H-R group.com. It should also be mentioned that you've gotten some killer awards locally here for Work Talk. Uh, Greater Wilmington Business Journal, Top 100 Innovator, Coastal Entrepreneur Award for Emerging Company, and then 2020 Greater Wilmington Business Journal Women to Watch finalists in business. That's fantastic. Thank you. Good job. Hard, hard earned. I know it for sure. A lot of money spent. Matt's going to bring Tito's to your house every weekend <laughs> for you. Yep. Because you have arrived and you have made it. Only the trailer. <laughs> That's going to do it for us here on Signal Fire Radio. Matthew, any parting thoughts with which uh, to send off Uncle Mike or uh, to send off this episode? Yeah, first of all, um, I'm, I'm stoked that uh, we're dedicating this episode in memory of Uncle Mike. Um, he touched thousands of lives, and he was just a phenomenal man. And this was a great episode. I had a lot of fun with um, Lisa and Gabby, and uh, look forward to keeping the conversation up. Giggity, buddy. Thank All right. You. Until next time, uh, we're going to encourage everybody in the Signal Fire audience to go out there and feed your mind, strengthen your body, nurture your spirit. I always forget that one. And grow your tribe. Until next week, we will see you back here on Signal Fire Radio. Go be a Signal Fire here.